Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Start doing something real estate investing, but I think getting paid to learn how to do real estate investing and just the amount of people you will network with too and the relationships you'll build just being in that industry will really help you grow. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity, and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. 
For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Ashley Kerr. Ashley, how are you doing today? Very good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. A little bit about Ashley. She is a full-time buy and hold investor with six years of experience. Her portfolio consists of 35 units across 17 properties, all buy and hold. She is based in Buffalo, New York, and you can say hi to her at her Instagram, which is wealth from rentals, plural, uh, as wealth from rentals. So Ashley, do you mind telling us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Sure. I actually graduated college as an accountant. I lasted about six months, and then I started working part-time as a property manager And I started to learn all about real estate investing. And from there, I started to buy duplexes on my own. So over the years, I've taken on a couple partners. I've done some deals by myself and just kind of fell in love with it and got hooked on it. And now that's just all I do. (laughs) When you started working for that property management company, was that part-time in addition to your CPA job? Or did you quit the CPA job and start doing the property management company? I actually quit the CPA job and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And then I got the opportunity. My friend's dad had a 40-unit apartment complex and he was getting rid of his current property management company he was using and he wanted me to run the complex. So I actually started a property management company for him and he continued to purchase residential and commercial property and I managed those. So I just stopped doing that last February and at that point I was managing about 82 residential units and about 16 commercial units. Interesting. So what are some of the things that you learned while doing the management company that helped you become a better real estate investor? It was definitely because the first day I started, I was put into this little tiny office and everything was in cardboard boxes. The files were a mess. The keys were just thrown in a drawer, not properly labeled. I basically had to teach myself how to do this job. I had no guidance, no training, and I had to learn everything on my own, which I think really helped me become a better investor, a better manager, because I had to learn everything from scratch. And I actually built the company for him. Mm-hmm. Did you have experience doing property management before this person? <laughs> okay. No, so- none at all. I was an accountant. That was it. I was six months out yeah. of college. How did that work? Did you have to sell him on yourself, like your ability to do this? Or was he just like, oh, I trust you. You're my daughter's friend. I was actually on vacation with that family and I was pregnant with my first child and I had told them I just left my other job and I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. Well, after that trip, he approached me and asked me to come meet with him. And he's, my family's harping on me. I got to get rid of this property management company. (laughs) I need to get organized. Can you help me get organized now that you are unemployed? And I was like, well, the kind of the point was for me to stay unemployed, but sure. So it started out part-time and I did the bookkeeping for the property. So I Mm. think the fact that I knew how to do that was a big help. I managed all of his money and then I had to teach myself how to do leases, how to manage tenants, what the landlord tenant laws were. I found a lot of free classes online to take for that. But yeah, I had Mm. zero experience at all. 
we got a cell phone for me to have as the actual company phone because the deal was I could work from home if I wanted. And I remember the first morning, my first day I was starting, I got a phone call that electrical outlet was not working from a resident. And I hadn't even hired a maintenance person to work with yet. So I had to beg my husband to go with me to go, go and take care of this problem my first day, the first hour. But it was definitely a big learning experience because at first I thought that I had to be available 24-7 to these tenants. Yeah. And it really wore me down. And that's when I learned to build systems and put procedures and policies in place and put that company together. So at what point did you decide to start investing on your own? Was this something that you'd always wanted to do or did it just something became of interest to you after you started the management company? Yeah. So after I started working for this investor, he was awesome because he involved me with every single thing he was doing. So when I first started, he was actually purchasing an auto dealership. And he took me into the closing room and he had me open the bank account, put the money in to purchase this. And at closing, he let me write those huge checks to give at the closing. And just the little involvement like that just made me see how he did everything. So for that purchase, he was taking equity out of his rental properties to make that purchase of the other business. And just seeing how all those dots connected really made the wheels start spinning. So it was probably two years after that, I actually approached his son, who I knew had a bunch of cash saved up and started talking to him about real estate investing and said, look at how well your dad has done from it. And then we purchased our first duplex together. Nice. Right, so let's talk about that first duplex deal. So you've got the money, started off with the money. So how did you find the deal? Where did you look? Did you just invest in your backyard? Why did you pick a duplex? So the duplex I picked just because I wanted more than one unit because I had been managing apartment complexes and I just liked more units under one roof. So a duplex was something I knew that with his money, we could afford. So my mom's friend was a real estate agent. I just told her what I wanted to do. And the first house we looked at, we ended up putting an offer in and purchasing. So what we did was we did 50-50 partners on the deal. And then I managed everything. I took care of everything. We had slight rehab to do in it. And I would rent it out and manage the tenants. And then he put in the money for the deal, which gave him the 50% equity but he also held a note on the property. So he was paid a principal and interest payment along with 50% of the cash flow too each month. So on that first deal, what kind of evaluation did you do on the deal, but then also on the area? And then how does that compare to what you do now? So the area was in the same area that I was managing residential units anyways for the other investor. So I knew the area very, very well, what rents could go for, what the value of property was just from being involved in appraisals, everything like that. So I was very comfortable in the market just from doing transactions for this guy and renting out apartments for him. And then as far as valuation, I basically just wrote down what I thought it could get monthly and what my expenses would be. And one big mistake I made on that first property was I didn't account for snow removal. And in Buffalo, that is like a huge thing that you really need to account for. So that was one mistake I made on my first property. And then it was about, I think, a year and a half later, or maybe even two years when I found bigger pockets. 
And after that, I started using BiggerPockets calculator reports and really diving into getting better at analyzing deals. So you use a BP calculator? Is that how you analyze your deals today? Yeah. What about how you're finding these duplexes? We said you've done 17 deals. You said your mom's agent friend? Yes. I used her for a while. So I've done probably 50% MLS deals and the rest have been word of mouth or I saw a sign and I called on it. So I've never really done direct mail, anything like that. I'll send out a couple letters if there's a house that I see, but really the influx of deals had been word of mouth of people bringing them to me. My partners and I are very, very good at telling anyone and everyone what we're looking for and what we want. And we've just had so many people approach us saying, hey, we're selling this. Would you be interested before we put it on the market? And that's been our, our biggest way to find deals. And then what about the money side of the equation? So is the first guy that invested in the deal, is he still with you? Is he still how you're funding all of your deals? Or are you doing other sorts of funding like your own money or other investors? How are you funding the deals now? I really haven't used any of my own money doing any of these deals. So with that same first partner, he's taken a line of credit on his house and a home equity loan on his house to fund some deals. Then we've also refinanced some of those properties to purchase more properties just with conventional commercial financing on those. And then another partner I have, we've pulled equity out of other properties we have to put in each put in 50-50 to purchase another property. My husband and I, we live on a farm and we have an old farmhouse and we have tenants in there now, but we own that free and clear. So we actually found a bank that would put a line of credit on that. And that's primarily what I use to purchase deals. And then I will go back, basically do a burr and pay the line of credit back and then use it again to purchase another property. So you've got an Instagram we talked about earlier. Is that something that you have found to be beneficial to your business from a financial perspective? And if so, how? Well, the biggest thing is that I probably would never be the host of the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Rookie podcast if it wasn't for my Instagram. That's kind of how I got to meet the producer and how I got to be on the Bigger Pockets show and then eventually become a podcast host. So I think it was definitely beneficial from that just because I love getting to meet people and interview them. And then I get to ask the questions that I want. So that really <laughs> benefits me in that way. So I'm continuing to learn different strategies and how to grow my business. But really the best thing about social media for investors is the networking. So that may bring you deals that may bring you financing, but it will give you ideas. It will give you inspiration, give you motivation. It's the network of the people you'll meet online. I feel like a bad host. I didn't realize that you were the host of a bigger pocket show. <laughs> Congrats on that. You should be interviewing me. So a quick follow up on the Instagram and I guess how you became a host. So you said you met them through Instagram. What does that mean? You messaged them or you were posting stuff and they found you? into my DMs. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, when I started my Instagram account, this was in June of 2019. So like a year and a half ago. And I just wanted to put out real estate content and show people what I was doing and help others do the same thing. And I had a goal that one year I wanted to be on the Bigger Pockets podcast. So it was in August that the producer for the show sent me an Instagram message and said, Hey, I've been seeing your name all over places on Instagram. Would you be interested in being a guest? And of course, here comes the screams, the jumping, the excitement. <laughs> and then my episode aired in September. And then after that, they had announced they were going to do a new show. 
Did anyone have any ideas? And you could fill out this form and submit. So I did submit with an idea and they called me and said, well, your idea is okay, but not good enough for a whole show, but we'd still like to have you try out as a host. So that's when they had partnered me up with my co-host on Felipe Mejia. We had to go through sample interviews and kind of like a trial run. And then in December of last year, we found out that we were chosen to be the host of the Real Estate Rookie podcast. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, it was really exciting. (laughs) So they slid into your DMs based off of reposting every day? No. I I, I I get a good idea of what you were posting that made them, oh, wow, we want her to come on the show. So what I do are these whiteboard posts. I started out handwriting actually on a whiteboard and then taking a picture of it, but now I do it on my iPad with an Apple Pencil. But I would just write out everything. What I was doing, I would pick a topic or I would write out the information on a deal the numbers and everything. And I would post that with a couple of pictures of the property or something like that. And whenever I do those, they just gain a lot of traction, but I really don't post a lot. I try to post in my stories, but I think I've only done maybe 160 actual posts on my Instagram page. Is it a video where you're talking over? Is it just a picture nope, of the thing? It's just the picture. I'll do the topic. What are four ways to get started in real estate or something like that? And then I'll have another slide and then it will be another whiteboard explaining way number one and then another whiteboard explaining way number two. Okay. Nice. I haven't been on Instagram in a while. I didn't realize you could do sliding pictures. We learned two things I didn't know today. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, Ashley, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? So when I first told about my story, my history is how I work for this investor. I think if you have the opportunity to, and you're able to, is start working in the real estate industry. So you could be a leasing agent. You could do maintenance. I had met this police officer a couple months ago who, when he was in college, in between his classes, he would go and fulfill maintenance requests for an investor. There's so many different ways to be involved in real estate driving for dollars for a wholesaler, anything like that. And especially if you can be paid for that experience too. And a lot of these jobs can be done on your own time. They can be done on the weekends and doesn't mean you have to quit your full-time career to actually start doing something real estate investing. But I think getting paid to learn how to do real estate investing and just the amount of people you will network with too and the relationships you'll build just being in that industry will really help you grow. Okay, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, I am. All right, first a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Okay. What is the best ever book you've recently read? I actually did an Instagram post on this book. It's You're Not Listening. It's by Kate Murphy. It just really goes into talking about how people don't listen and telltale signs that you're not listening because you're more focused on the person thinking that you're actually listening. Mm -hmm. And it was just really wide opening. And there were some things in it like, oh, wow, I actually do that. But just showing (laughs) how powerful it can be to actually listen to someone than worrying about how you're going to respond and what you're going to say next. So I really like that because I think in your personal life and in business and just everywhere in your whole life, 
that can really add value to you. But as an investor, you're either dealing with tenants, you're dealing with sellers, you're dealing with buyers. There's tons of people you have to work with and communicate with. So I think communication is key. And this book was a great read. Yeah, a lot of people have interviewed use the cliche that you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people agree with you about the listening part. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? Well, I just opened a liquor store. So I've gotten distracted by retail businesses now. So the next one, I would do laundromats. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. So out of all of the deals you've done so far, which was the best ever deal? My best one would be, I purchased this portfolio from this older investor who just wanted to be done. The properties were not very well taken care of and I couldn't purchase all of them at the time. And there was this one commercial building he was selling. It was two commercial units, two residential units, very small town. There was other vacant buildings. So I didn't take it and he had wanted 90,000 for it. Well, about a year and a half later, he approached me again and said he'd sell it for 60000 and include a duplex he had that needed a ton of work. So I told him I would take both of them for 40000 and he accepted. Then I wholesaled the duplex for 20000 So I got this four-unit commercial building for 20000 I put about 70000 of rehab into it, and it's now getting $2,700 a month in rent. And I was able to put private financing on it for 30 years at four and a half percent for $100,000. Wow. What's it used for, the commercial building? The upstairs, there's two tenants in there. We completely remodeled one unit and then the other one, we just did what was needed because the resident wanted to stay and didn't want her rent raised. And then in the downstairs, there's a little boutique store, like uh, gifts and clothing, stuff like that went into one side. And then I actually opened a liquor store. Okay. Uh, on the other side. What's the best of a way you like to give back? It would really just probably be just on my Instagram. And then I recently started a YouTube channel called Talk It Over and just giving as much free content as I can. I like talking about real estate and I like, especially when I interview someone and they have that light bulb moment and they just like talk about the recent success they had because they took action and got into real estate. So I love when I can be a part of that and I can help someone take that first step into real estate. And then lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? That would be on Instagram at Wealth From Rentals or on biggerpockets.com. I have a profile on there too. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us your best ever advice as well as walking us through your journey. And so your best ever advice, what you followed until you got started in real estate, which is to start working in the industry before you get started. So this doesn't need to be a super fancy job. It could be a leasing agent. It could be maintenance. It could be driving for dollars. Something that gets your foot in the door some that you can do part-time so you don't have to actually quit your job and then something that pays you that way you can learn at least some aspect of the business to use that as a jumping point a lot of people talk about the best experience is actually doing it you can learn a lot from reading books and listening to podcasts that's obviously important but going out there and taking action and actually doing something is also important so what better way to do that than doing it on someone else's dime as opposed to having your own money invested And then you kind of walk us through your overall journey from working at that property management company to starting a property management company to starting to buy duplexes. You talked about how you started your valuation, how you find your deals, about raising money, and then 
the coolest thing I think again I didn't know about was the Instagram. And so you talked about how your whiteboard post on Instagram not only got you onto the Bigger Pockets podcast, but then you were also able to get your own podcast on the Bigger Pockets <laughs> podcast. So super cool. And everyone make sure you check out her podcast, her Instagram and her YouTube channel, which you mentioned. So actually, thank you so much for joining us. Best of your listening as always. Thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow.